my blues and gone to my tears. I've got good news to shout in your ears. The long lost dollar has come back to the fold. With silver you can turn your dreams to gold. Oh, we're in the money. Hello, one. Welcome to this June 14th through 16th. 16th edition of show business imcp joined by cosplay Lindsay. go ahead Lindsay. i'm sorry uh i am agent l thank you uh very much uh of uh, my two cents of nonsense and yeah let's have a good time guys but not too good of a time i'll wipe your memory uh, and joining us for, for the first time as an official member is fuego fuego say hello what is up, everyone? Que paso? And I'm so stoked to finally be a proper official part of this bunch because it's been it's, it's been a pretty rad status honor to bring some sort of insight to the proceedings. Sure. So sure. yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, the week that was first was Men in Black International with 30 million, uh, Secret Life of Pets two in second with 24 million, Aladdin in third with 17 million. Rocket and in fourth with nine, Dark Phoenix in fifth with nine. Uh, they're both rounded up. I think it was 8.8 .8 and 8.6, respectively. So for, first things first, um, Dark Phoenix is fading quick. Yep. <laughs> Dark was a apropos uh, word yeah. to put in the title there. Indeed. Yeah, and I mean, Simon Kinberg owning it this past week in an interview where he was like, I'm the writer and the director of this film. And, you know, if it didn't connect with audiences, that's ultimately on me. And it's debatable, obviously, if you think it was better or worse than The Last Stand. But nonetheless, you know, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And this one didn't make uh, Squat Man. So it's dying a very quick death, quicker than uh, the rise and the fall of, uh, you know, Miss Jean Grey in this film. So, so the that the know, sharp man. decline is almost a record um, of the oh, very close of the big second weekend drops. This was the second largest second weekend drop of any comic book movie ever. Um, number one is that classic that Shaquille O'Neal vehicle steel going down 78%. <laughs> Dark Phoenix is now second with 71.5%. You have, you have some heavy hitters on here, stuff like Jonah Hex, uh, Batman being Superman with 69.1. <laughs> Electra, <laughs> 69, also 69. Uh, Wolverine, uh, Origins Wolverine, excuse me, 69%. Fantastic, Fant Forstick with 68.2. Uh, Man of Steel, 67.9. I had to <clears throat> scour and look for the first actual Marvel era movie that has a similar statistic. And it's Spider-Man Homecoming with a 62.1% drop. That's the closest thing to a Marvel movie we've got on this list. And it's not even not even wow. top 10. Wow. Yeah, that film's just okay. So I can't say that I'm that surprised. But the one that breaks my heart when I look at this list is Hellboy 2, because that's a fantastic movie. And it mm -hmm. signaled the imminent death of that mm -hmm. franchise, or mm -hmm. at least Guillermo's incarnation of it. So... Agreed. Agreed. I wanted that third one so bad, but he wants like two hundred million dollars yeah. to make it or whatever. That's it's not happening, buddy. <laughs> just give it to Benicio del Toro. You know he's got an Oscar now. Just, uh, just give it to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, after the like, Harbor one did so badly, but I mean, once yeah. again, Neil, Neil Marshall mm -hmm. made that for diddling it's in just, comparison. It's kind so of disheartening I, it's looking true. at. I mean, yeah. you have the the original oh, well. Hulk, the the 
the Ang Lee Hulk on that list at 69.7. Yeah. Underrated. I kind of like that movie. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. 69.7% of people didn't the second time around, though. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. It's I haven't watched it, I think, since yeah. it was in theaters, but I, I liked it for what it was. Uh, so yeah. I, I only have vis- – uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you'll see the visual aids. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, mm-hmm. we do visual aids to, to help our ugly faces every Monday night on Willis Greedy at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I have the old visual aids from last week from Men in Black, but I think they're sort of relevant because Men in Black mm-hmm. uh, won the weekend, sure, with 30 million. of its teeth. Right. <laughs> it limped what's, in there. <laughs> what's more alarming is the fact that it's in the franchise, it's it's the worst performing o- opening weekend. And it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, Dare just, I say that the average audience had their memories of this franchise erased, <laughs> like bam, bam status or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's pretty clear that that Will Smith was was carrying this franchise, whatever yeah, that yeah. means. I mean, these numbers aren't strong uh, for the original Men in Black films, but thirty million is definitely not strong. I, I, can I just say, I hope that more movies continue continue the tradition of remaking Will Smith movies and then having Will Smith make an oil painting cameo mm. in the, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> yeah right. I want Hitchcock 2 in 10 years where it's Michael B. Jordan playing Hitchcock and there's like a weird painting in the back of Jason Bateman's house of the original Hitchcock. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of the man himself, Aladdin just kind of lingering. Third place. Lingerer, man. Yeah, lingerer. It's, linger. it's kind of doing the Beauty and the Beast thing where it's just hanging around yeah. and making more money yeah. and making more money, especially internationally too. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Why not? Sure. Yep. It's funny. You have stuff like Dark Phoenix that just tanked right below it. Um, Yeah. And it's just kind of, I think it was in third or second last week, and it's third again this week. Um, Secret Life of Pets 2 in second. Which I finally saw. I saw that a few days ago. And you know what? It is the leaps and bounds above the first film as far as laugh (laughs) quotient and quality. Kevin Hart as that little rabbit thinking he's a superhero is some seriously funny Mm -hmm. stuff. I was actually laughing pretty profusely. Everything else in the film, eh, just okay. But his stuff is great. Him and Haddish. Mm -hmm. And how was Patton Oswalt? Uh, he was a worthy stand-in, I suppose, but they, they've got like an A, B, and a C story all going on simultaneously, and they don't really merge till the very end. And I mean, the strongest is obviously Tiffany Haddish and uh, Kevin Hart, and their their interplay back and forth is pretty funny, I gotta say. So, by the way, I have numbers for Beauty and the Beast. It did linger, yeah, the, like like the couple million to like low, te- like like six million range for like all of May. Like, it's kind of funny like that's like uh, over two months after it opened yeah that was a march release i think so it was yeah mid-march then mid-may it was just like nope i'm not going anywhere do you have to let it linger i don't know (laughs) (laughs) do you have to (laughs) so i don't have it in front of me i think shaft came in eighth this week do i have that right or wrong boy i thought it was i thought it was sixth or seventh i I knew it just something sixth so um just i saw it (laughs) go ahead fuego tell us about the uh the Shaft three-way, or the three generations of Shaft. Three generations of Shaft. Well, spoilers, you don't get Roundtree till like, the third act. But, I mean, really, this one boils down to just this relationship between a more grizzled, aged Samuel L. Jackson, Shaft Jr., who they reveal in this film that he's not the he's not the nephew or whatever. He is, in fact, the son of Roundtree's character. Because in the Singleton movie, they were like, yeah, he's the nephew of the original Shaft or whatever. But, no, they, they made the direct correlation. And I think they even, like, hinted that in the 
trailers and stuff. So that's not a big spoiler. Mm. But I actually like the more forefront comedic tone of this and the the chemistry with this uh, Jesse something. I'm trying to remember his name. He plays A Train in the new uh, in the new uh, version of The Boys. Well, it's not the adaptation of, of The Boys mm. that Amazon is doing, which is a terrific comic mm. book, but. Uh, yeah, Jesse, I should just double check his name because he was actually quite good. Uh, Jesse Usher. So he's the third generation, but he's the very tech centric and, uh, you know, just, I guess, wimpy and very unshaft like. But, you know, he's taken under the wing of his father when a certain scenario without spoiling things presents itself where he consults his his pop's help. They've been estranged for many years and they start kind of, you know, tag team in this case. But it's very politically incorrect. It's very, very vulgar. And I don't R? know. I, I laughed a lot. It is very R-rated. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Some of the so some of the stuff he teases his son about is very inappropriate, but I, I laugh at that sure. humor from sure. time to time. And, uh, I mean, Samuel L., he's having so much more fun with the character this time, and it, it just doesn't take itself quite as seriously, but not to the point of, of self-parody, I think. You know, it just... It's it's more of a drama comedy with action elements as opposed to the Singleton movie from 2000 that I also saw in theaters that while while enjoyable, I just I'll, I'll admit I didn't have as much fun with it as I did with wow, this one. That's so, kind of high yeah. praise this over the 2000 version, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't. I mean, this one, it, it didn't have an audience. And even though they left it open ended for more to come, much like many of these you know, uh, just rec- recognizable properties, I always leave the door open just to crack, but I would say with uh, the 2000 shaft making 20 million, or excuse me, 21.7 million out of the gate, oh. it's opening weekend back in 2000, and that's unadjusted. It made 70 just domestically in its Ooh. entire life run. I, we're not getting any more shaft, man, unfortunately. And you're damn right, you're damn right, we are not getting any more, which is a bummer as much as I dug this movie. Yeah. The world needs more shaft, guys. Yes, it Let's does. It's what it's what's gonna help make make the world go round tree. You know? oh. I, I yeah, sometimes the popsicle stick puns are funny, but no, no, this this is a movie that I kinda am disappointed didn't have as much of an audience. And internationally, it doesn't even have a snowball's chance in hell because Netflix is actually putting it out internationally. So it's going direct to streaming. So good old yeah. annihilation in the water. For, uh, shaft. Yeah, and annihilation was so good. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, much more travesty mm-hmm. in the case of annihilation than this. But nonetheless, it's a it is a growing trend in Hollywood, obviously. So hey, we don't need mm-hmm. to compare travesties. A travesty is a travesty, you know. Like truly, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I I, I kind of wanted to see this one too, even though I haven't really seen the others. I've always kind of always wanted to. So this mm-hmm. kind of made me want to do it more. But out of one day. All right, so let's not waste Lindsay's cosplay here. Again, if, if you're looking <laughs> Lindsay's full bore men in black cosplay. So why don't uh, we- Agent L, thank you. Agent like, L. I'll, I'll, I'll put the shades on for this one then. So I can there be like, kind of appropriate. I need the sunlight to make these shades. So I, I can't really <laughs> can't do that with you guys. But um, Lindsay, why don't you start us off with men in black thoughts? Um, is it worth the 30 million? Is it is it long for this I mean, world? Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are, are stars. They are movie stars and they bring so much charisma to this movie and they have such good chemistry. It, 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 a lot of this movie gets carried just simply by how talented they are. And it, it's worth mentioning that, uh, overall, I really wasn't that crazy about it. Um, I, I want to kind of read up on the production of it cause there's a lot of weird transitions like scenes that they kind of cut to themselves or other scenes that just kind of end abruptly. So I'm wondering how much this was changed in the cutting room 
or if there was extensive reshoots. I'm not, I'm not sure I haven't found much about it yet, but there's just like, there's just odd transitions that feel like placeholders. And I've always loved the original men in black because it's, it's not about humanity or earth being that important. Like the point is we are small. Mm -hmm. We are this tiny little thing in this big universe. But now in this movie, they introduce destiny and how the universe puts you where you need to be at the right time. Mm -hmm. And how the little things you do as a child will save you as an adult. And I'm just like, you're, if this wasn't called Men in Black, I wouldn't be so harsh on it. It's another case of that. If this was fancy dressed alien hunters. I would have liked it more. Men it, and it, women black. in black. Yes. Yes. Which they make that joke twice, about it. At least twice. Like, uh, yeah. And you're yeah. like, it's not as bad as the as the uh, Dark Phoenix reference, but <laughs> no, nonetheless, because well, yeah. they did use the word twice twice in one sentence. You don't say the same word twice in well, one sentence. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe. Okay, that's a that's a worthy the, argument. The leader <laughs> of cringe line of that film, I think, would be the Queen question, where somebody asks Tessa Thompson if she's a queen, and she says, "If by that you." mean in the way that all women are queens then yes i mean we get it we get it i know i know queens is a different type of person but you know that's just because of the area of town that i live in and a lot of friends i have so i mean i don't know Queensville. <laughs> i don't like enough's enough with these with these forced lines um something that that i found a little interesting bizarre there's a bunch of these shots where you know they show the train transforming into the whatever that's bringing them to London from New York. Um, And there's these Mm -hmm. like vanity shots, which uh, they're going on that 1997 mentality where, Ooh, look, look at this CGI here. And, and it's just devoted to the entire, the entire process of the, of the train transforming. And, you know, it's not that big a deal anymore. You don't have to, you know, go out of your way to, to be like, Ooh, look, this train is transforming. Have you, have you ever seen such a thing? And it's like, yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> and you Move know, on. I, I, just throw, just to throw more compliments okay. at the movie too. Uh, I, I did actually like Tessa Thompson's character a lot. I like the idea of someone who found the men in black and is like, Hey, I'm good enough. Recruit me. Like, that's kind of awesome. I, sure. I really dug that idea of a character and then how she's like trying to play it off cool and casual while she's in the men in black, but also just like, faking her way through it while half reading everything. I, I, th- that was the character I really did enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly liked uh, Camille Nanjiani. I thought he was actually, he had some very fun bits here and there. It's not like there was like a multitude of memorable aliens in this one, like in the original mm-hmm. film, but I thought he was amusing. He had some, he had some heart. He had some, you know, choice humor and some nice, nice little one liners here and there. And I liked how he factored into the process and also Thor, man, Mr. Hemsworth continues to show me that he oh, has comedic true. timing, and I liked his and I liked his douchiness to a degree in this movie. I thought it was amusing going to bed with the alien at the beginning and stuff. I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, just to echo something Lindsay speculated about, there were a lot of reports about lots of behind-the-scenes problems amongst reshoots oh, really? and people not getting along on set and things like that, and so... Yeah, everybody thought this was going to be a dumpster fire. And maybe since I went in with such low expectation for this movie, because uh, I, I didn't like two. I didn't particularly like three very much either. I think Men in Black, the original, is the only one of high quality. And so I was mm-hmm. I, I was pleasantly surprised, but not like over the moon or anything. I was like, yeah, that was serviceable enough. I had fun. So that's mm-hmm. all I can ask for. Right. Yeah, no, and I, I like the gag of how like, 
they said like, oh, this alien's going to come back. And it was like this picture of this obviously like fake alien drawn by a kid or whatever. But then they show the alien and it actually looked like that. Like, there was little moments like that that really made me laugh out loud and had some of the cleverness of the original where they're like playing with the idea of oh. what a conventional alien is and yeah. what isn't. Yeah. I just, yeah. Th- there's a bunch like, of that. You know, though. It, yeah, yeah. Like the weird green guy. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it, if there wasn't three movies before this, I would give it a little bit more credit. It's just more of the same, I think. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing really that jumps out about this movie, eh. uh, unfortunately. Oh, it is actually the third movie this year to have shape shifting aliens wow. as the end, there's as an stat- antagonistic force, though. So I thought the design of that creature was kind of cool at the end, though. I don't know. Oh, it, it was, and I love the way it bended matter yeah. and like. Like all that was super dope. I, I would like I was digging that scene where they're like just forming things and throwing them, and like that was that was fun and exciting, and that that was cool visuals. Like screw the train, like CP said, but yeah. the melding of matter into new stuff that was fun. Yeah, I wasn't so sure about Rebecca Ferguson looking all like Sia though. <laughs> uh, that was just a little weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, what is up with this? <laughs> I completely forgot about that character. Actually, wow, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, she's got three arms. Cool. Yeah. Was it only three? I guess. I, I kept wondering. I kept. I wanted to see a fourth and a fifth arm come out of her back. I. It wasn't memorable. If it um, was. Yeah. So if if that's it for Men in Black, I guess we'll we'll skate past the 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 one that I mixed up and it came in twelfth. So we'll we'll split the difference between that and Chef. Um, the <laughs> dead don't die. Ugh. Oh boy. Did anyone see it? I was going to be me and my buddy, but then my buddy at the last minute was like, it sounds terrible, actually, Lindsay, cancel. I'm like, oh. That might have saved you. You did not like it, right, Fuego? Not at all. And there were some really vicious tweets circulating around this past weekend where people were like, you know, what is Jim Jarmusch's best talent? Mm. He knows lots of famous people and, you know, things like like that. I mean, there was some brutal, but then I, I talked to critic friends of mine that were like it was a total jermouche film and there was so much social you know subtext you know stuff and it was so i don't know it just didn't do it for me and as i think i mentioned last week i'm i'm a big fan i guess i don't need these anymore since we're no longer men and blacking it i don't want to be that pretentious but uh oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. or else I, my memory will be stricken from but uh no it was uh the, I don't know. I talked to lots of friends that, that really enjoyed the hell out of it. And I have liked pretty much everything of his I've seen from Broken Flowers to Only Lovers Left Alive to Dead Man. I mean, he's he has a very eclectic, uh, you know, resume on his hands. But this one, that I mean, as far as deadpan humor and to just, I don't know, it just to echo what I, I believe I said last week, it thought it was funnier, in my opinion, than it actually was. And I didn't think this, the, the subtext was that relevant or just like, I don't know, that, that intriguing or just unique so yeah wow uh and it didn't didn't make any was that one more time and, and it didn't make any money obviously yeah. so not, not even a cast like that could really could really help the process proper so uh the the argument could be made that it was on just barely over 600 screens so so that could be one tiny argument made for it but um I, i've seen tweets where they've said you know if you want to watch a good zombie comedy with bill murray in it zombie land is still out there so what do you think is the most uh, financially successful jim jarmusch movie bt dub um coffee and cigarettes or, or broken flowers maybe i, I would mean, have said broken flowers yeah. broken flowers yeah by uh, 13 yeah. million is his lifetime gross next down is three million mm. ghost dog way of the samurai Oh, which he's working on a TV series right now of that from what I was reading. Oh, I see. So. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, Coffee and Cigarettes was number five, so not not far off. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. So like, how does the whole zombie premise fit a, a Jarmusch film? Like it's, it's, it's not something I would think of for uh, his style. D- does it, does it, does it at least fit? Do you believe the world that you're in? I, I mean, I personally didn't, but um, it's, it's, I mean, I, I talked to lots of critic friends that did and they, they totally bought in. So I don't know. I just didn't find it per- particularly funny. And since I've seen zombie comedies like Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. like Zombie Lane, that did it and hit and actually did have some sophistication to them. Once again, this is it's it's a film that I just think it's it, it assumes it's more highbrow than it actually is, and I mean uh, the Adam uh, Driver, I'd say he's the he's the standout in it for me personally, and I also like Chloe Savini, Savine, however you pronounce Savini? her last name. Yeah. Yeah. But but I, I mean Bill Bill Murray feels like he has a muzzle on him in this movie, and hmm. just the way that he's directed, I don't feel like really caters to his strengths, and so that's. You know, but that's the way the character was written. So that's you know. unfortunate. Yeah. What do you, what, what, as yeah. zombie comedies go, what, did you ever see Warm Bodies? Did so you know how it compares? To- oh yeah, oh yeah. I've seen Warm Bodies. But that that had kind of a YA feel to it, obviously yeah. being PG thirteen and everything. But that one had some legitimate heart to it, which I appreciated. And you know, I, I like the romance aspect because I'm I'm a big softy when it comes to that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So. No, this is not even close to being in the upper echelon of zombie comedies. And the, the gore, when it comes, it's nothing too particularly memorable. You probably wouldn't expect it to be with a director like like Jermush anyway. So uh, I don't know. The, the humor just didn't land, man. John Steele in the YouTube chat says, Ghost Dog's a classic, enough said, and referring the dead don't die, the writing was bad, mm. which is yeah. quite damning. Um, I will agree. So uh, before we get to the news, we'll get to the to the big weekend up ahead. Um, I, I think we'll start at the bottom. There's somebody has the nerve of releasing something up against <laughs> the, the the toy movies. Um, yep. Anna coming out in 2150 screens. Uh, thoughts Good luck. On, on what it's going to do? Is top five, if that? Top ten? I mean. Mm-hmm. It looks like what what was the uh, the the Charlize Theron Atomic Blonde of this year, which I'm down for. I thought Atomic Blonde was dope. I just don't think it's a good weekend to release it. <laughs> you had a peppermint do last year. I, I don't know if that's a that's a niche genre you want to corner. It's like of all the movies to get bumped. Like earlier this year, we had the uh, the the Alita Battle Angel. They got bumped back a couple of months, so it didn't go up against everything in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that would have performed better than I think Anna's going to do with the things that it's about to go up against. Yeah. I actually really liked Alita. That was one of the bigger surprises this past year for me. I, I quite liked it. Alita was a very interesting ride. I've actually seen it twice now. I liked it a lot more the second time. I I don't know if we'll get that sequel, but it uh, it, uh, it tried it tried its damnedest. I saw it in the Dolby Theater where they have like the speakers mm. built into your seats and stuff. And it really was like a fully immersive experience in that regard with like when those huge lumbering robots were stomping and you're feeling the rumble in the seats. I mean, it's a, I don't know, it's a it, it's a movie that needs to be seen, you know, in a big theater with a huge booming sound system on a huge ass screen instead of just mm. streaming on your phone mm. or Good something call. silly like that. The so. right movie, that Dolby stuff can actually... Yeah, you get the right Great. movie, obviously, but it can be. Yeah, yeah. like I think I saw the first Annabelle. No, Annabelle creation in one of those. That was just a horrible mm. experience because like the chair kept trying to scare me. I'm just like, fuck you, chair. <laughs> yeah, we have press for Annabelle on Wednesday, and I'm really curious what that's gonna. What that's I, gonna I apologize. Be all about, that was our so. one f bomb for the show. Uh, if you. <laughs> 
We are. <laughs> they they afford us three if in the proper context. Is it the the uh, MPAA rules? Like, uh, uh, if you're not referring to sex, you know, I mean, I that's, happen, their, that's their guidelines. Yeah, yeah, if it's not sex, yeah. Back in the '90s, it was two because I think it's Finding Forrester, mm-hmm. the Sean Connery movie about like teaching a kid mm-hmm. to write. They dropped two. But it's only PG thirteen. Maybe it's because there's Sean Connery, and they're like, "Oh, we'll let you get away with it." But uh, well, it's like the difference between saying "f you" versus "yeah, I f that person" yeah. or whatever. It's like the context of if you use it in terms of sex, that's where it's all. What about I f my knee up? Yeah, I I would assume that's okay, <laughs> depending on how you did it, because that oh, could hey, be sexual yeah. too. Uh, so, so how does yeah. it? I, I recently, <laughs> only recently, saw Mortal Engines. How does Mortal Engines compare to Alita? I've heard. They're similar. I've heard they're not. Uh, and I, I had an all right time with Mortal Engines, to be honest with you. So as far as comparing to Alita is concerned. Well, I mean, Alita is based on a manga slash anime, yeah. right? And, you know, Mortal yeah. Engines is an American YA. So, um, yeah, source material, at least in that regard. Alita, mm-hmm. it, it's still PG-13 for Alita. But it was pretty violent at times. I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I, I only saw the first Mortal Engines so I and I don't yeah. remember it supremely um, well. I must admit. I mean, I, I say they're more similar than they're different, okay. but I really wouldn't compare to them at the same time. It's like I don't know, trying to compare Transformers to Terminator. <laughs> like, yeah, they they rhyme. Robots killing people. They're in disguise. Robots in disguise, but they're not really the same either. You know what I mean? Like. You're actually making me realize how similar they actually are, though. I'm, I'm learning that I have this incredible soft spot for these giant flops. Like John Carter, I have a good time with. Jupiter Ascending, I have a decent time with. And, and Mortal Engines really didn't do well. But I, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised watching it at home. Perhaps that was part of it, too. Watching it at home doesn't put much pressure on the movie. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. No, I I just realized Anna is Luke Besson, and I actually, even though I, I didn't like Valerian, I, I've liked more of his stuff than I've disliked. I mean, especially Leon the Professional and the Fifth Element. And, well, Lucy seems like kind of a similar concept to what this is, at least, you know, badass lady going around killing and whatnot. But this is a film that was not on my on my radar. I'm wondering if release dates have been shuffled around or or what but yeah, uh, i didn't know this was luke basson you're right oh my god now i want this movie yeah. to do well i love luke basson i even love lucy yeah oh <laughs> lucy yeah. i know <laughs> yeah she had some splaining yeah, to do that's cool. for sure after that box office performance i don't know that also had morgan freeman in it right it did um, all right remember. so, so yeah. the, the feature act of the weekend is uh the child's play remake yeah mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is the voice of Chucky. So I have statistics up for the Child's Play franchise. It really doesn't have to do too well, all things considered, to, to be on, in the better <laughs> half of the franchise. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll just read them off real quick. First of all, Curse and Cult, the, mo- the two most recent uh, releases that featured Chucky, were not in theaters. So the highest grossing opening weekend is Bride of Chucky with 12. Child's Play 2 at 11, Seed of Chucky at 9, Child's Play 1988 with 7, and Child's Play 3 at 6. Again, Shaft just made, what, 8? 8 and some change, yeah. 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 So if, if this Child's Play somehow replicates Shaft, which I'm kind of, I'd be stunned if it doesn't, uh, it's going to be all right in the franchise there. 
I've heard some people declaring this is the sleeping giant, Cecil specifically on the horror show. It's not going to have an it factor per se, like nothing of that magnitude, but he's actually thinking it's going to chart like closer to like 20-ish, you know, maybe even that's more. Not, yeah, that's not that big a deal, honestly. 20s. Yeah, I think it could go 30, 40 maybe, depending, because it's counter-programming to Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. like somebody who's like, eh, I don't want to see some cheesy animated, you know, whatever thing. And even though I... I really want to see both i'm i'm one of those people and i think there probably are a lot of people out there who want to see both um yeah how do you prioritize do you see both one on one day and one on the other day over the course of the weekend i'm not sure it's an interesting question and i love how like mark hamill who's now in all these star the star wars movies and working for disney is now counter-programming to disney with the uh child's plan i and i i love the posters that are just like totally going after each other like the shots like I, i love that they're having fun with it uh, I mean, I so I I I you know actually I'll make a prediction. I think Toy Story will win the weekend, but <laughs> oh, I bet boy. Child's Play. Oh, <laughs> I was about to say that's a but, very, but, very I mean, serious I, declaration. <laughs> like, like the legs of Child's Play, like it'll maybe it'll hold on more or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's. Uh, well, I mean, well, but, but but remember, you do have Annabelle Creation coming right afterwards. Like what true. two two weeks later, another evil evil doll sort of thing and that's more more recent and fresh in people's memories so i hadn't seen a trailer for that until brightburn i uh, have they were did they bury that movie am i crazy this animal homecoming or whatever like i i can't what about it i i didn't know about oh. it until like two months oh. ago I, I knew it was coming but i didn't know it was coming so soon like did everybody else know about it and i'm just oblivious yeah oh yeah <laughs> okay yeah, so you look at the grosses. Um, I mean, adjusted for inflation, the original Child's Play is at 73. Uh, Ride of Chucky at 62, Child's Play 2 at 61. Then it gets a little scary at the bottom. But unadjusted, the highest grossing in the franchise is the original with 33 million. Mm-hmm. I really want to go out on a limb and say it'll be the highest grossing uh, within five days, I want to say. I, I really think it's going to be... I mean, with with all due respect to the franchise, I really feel like it will be the highest grossing in the franchise. Which, I, again, you know, no slight against the you know Chucky fans, but I I don't think there's much to compete with. Much like Halloween, Halloween uh, really mm-hmm. like gusted True. the rest of the franchise this past year. So, well, it's tracking to make around twenty from what I'm reading here at the moment. <laughs> so, but uh, to, you know, I think it could honestly, it might sure. double that. Sure, it might. You know, I think mm-hmm. it could do forty. Maybe even more. Who the hell knows? I mean, you look at Curse of Chucky, 3.7 million in home media. Cult of Chucky, 2.1 million in home media. Uh, Seed adjusted for inflations at 25. In the 21st century, there hasn't been much to compete with as far as Chucky's concerned. I'm going to say at the very least, it'll be the, the highest grossing of this century. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we all seeing it this weekend? Yeah, uh, we have our tickets Thursday. There's two different... Uh, Two different promotion companies that we work with on the horror show. And so there's one called Ally that they're super cool with us and we always get our advanced press. And then uh, finger paint films, they they do the other side of things. And from what I understand, according to Cecil, this is a, a finger paint presentation. I'm not sure what day, like how early they're actually showing it. But so, yeah, so we're we're buying tickets like everyone else and we're seeing it uh, thurs- Thursday, 7 o'clock, and we're going to review it right afterwards. Yeah. So. I'll echo your sentiments, Fuego. They're usually... I at least get a sniff of when there's uh, screeners out here in New York. And usually by this time, we would know for Tuesday. 
And there mm-hmm. appears to be nothing for Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, that kind of has me a little hesitant. That's a red flag yeah. when they don't want to screen it early right. for critics. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, right. I'm just kind of hoping it's, I don't know. They're not, they don't want to compete with, with Toy Story, even for screenings. Like I, I'm just kind of hoping it's, it's nothing more than that. And not that it's the typical, oh, they're waiting as long as they can to get the word out thing. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, are you seeing it? Uh, sorry. No, I just had an annoying text. Can I come one more time. Are you planning on seeing the child? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it'll depend on when I get off work Thursday night, but I'm definitely going to see at least one mm-hmm. of them, and then I'll try and catch the other one on Sunday. Uh, but it, it's uh, I'm excited for both for, for various different reasons, obviously. I, I was not excited for Toy Story 4 at all, but it's getting such good reviews like that, that hope is kind of coming back to me. Um, yeah, that's all that's changing my opinion. <laughs> right? Like, uh, Toy Story 3... I I was I haven't that's one of the biggest cries I've ever had at a movie and so if they could pull that off again Toy Story four like uh, ten years later it was kind of the perfect finale though you know it, it felt like it was like wrapped up in a nice little package and now they're they're doing this but yet they had uh, two of the guys behind the film on Collider a couple days ago and they were saying oh even when we were working on three we were already planning a fourth one way you know that that far ahead so I I mean this. This stuff, especially Pixar, the, the turnover just takes such a monumental amount of time, which makes sense with films of this nature and, you know, just the, the quality of the animation and everything else behind it. Brie, so, Brie but, Larson yeah. in the YouTube Super Chat, Luke Besson makes very similar assassin films with with most having a badass female lead. Nikita, Lucy, Colombiana, Leon. Oh, I forgot about Col- Colombiana. Yep. Hmm. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's a good call, sir. Or <laughs> Madam <laughs> Larson, congrats on all those digital sales. Uh, but <laughs> it, 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 it's also kind of relevant to another subject we'll be talking about, at least briefly in a moment here, I think. Uh, Luke Besson is also one of the only directors, as much as I love him, he's one of the only directors to lose a, a copyright violation. No, no, plagiarism mm-hmm. case. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, um, uh, oh my God, what movie oh, was it? Um, that one. one with... Uh, the guy oh, really? whose name I also can't remember right now. Lockout. Mm. His movie Lockout was way too similar huh. to uh, Escape from New York. And so they he actually got Carpenter sued. Carpenter went John after Carpenter him, huh? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get you, Frenchie. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, hey, one of those. So someone, someone won one of those. Yeah. Good for you, John Carpenter. The horror master <laughs> is his Twitter. Uh, very, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, no ego there whatsoever. He's doing, so, uh, he's doing the rounds and... What's funny is I, I've read that if you send him a message on various social media, he'll get back to you, which is... John Carpenter will? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Kind of interesting. Wow. Maybe um, I'll give it a shot just for fun. <laughs> so... I was I was really wanting to see him live last year because he came to Phoenix and he was doing his whole The Lost mm. Tracks, you know, where he's up there with a synth and he's got a full band with him and... I, I heard it was pretty badass, sure. but yeah, sure. I didn't. I didn't uh, want to forecast so, the cash Lindsay, for that one, you kind so. of you alluded to yeah. it before um, about child's play possibly having some staying power. Some interesting stats. I have the Toy Story mm-hmm. numbers up. Um, mm-hmm. Opening weekend for the original was twenty nine million. Toy Story two is fifty seven, and Toy Story three is one ten. Um, before we went live, Lindsay, you brought up the fact that it basically doubles. With yeah. film, 29 to 57, 57 to 110. Um, what I found interesting as mm-hmm. I want to step further. Um, so the total gross for the original Toy Story is 191. Uh, the total gross for 
part two is 246 and the total gross for part three is 415. Um, if you do the math, Toy Story, the opening weekend is about a little bit over one sixth the total. Uh, Toy Story <laughs> 2 is a little bit over one fifth. And Toy oh, wow. Story 3 is a little bit under one fourth. So uh, as it's ba- being shown over time, opening weekends are, are making much more a chunk of the, the total gross. So what do you think? About one third of the total gross this weekend for Toy Story 4? Uh, that's possible, especially if it continues the trend and it pulls two hundred and twenty million. <laughs> well, I, I, I looked at uh, what was it? Incredibles two made one eighty two its opening weekend in the states, so two twenty is really not that far mm-hmm. off. It's 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 within reason ish, and Endgame just made three thirty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to do Endgame money, but what what? No, no. What's weird is is this the first Toy Story to be mm-hmm. released in the summer? Aren't um, they traditionally? October, November releases? Wasn't there a May? Okay. Uh, Toy okay. Story 3 was, no, Toy, Toy Story 3 was June 18th, 2010. So, yeah. And also in Incredibles 2 was June of last year. So I don't, I'm I'm thinking maybe close to Incredibles numbers, but I, I'm not thinking it's breaking two. I mean, you never know though. You never know. Have to have people just wanted this franchise so badly in the last nine years to make its I triumphant I'd say 150 return. at the very least, right? Oh yeah, 150 I'd say is a shoe. What does it track? Yeah. Do you have the tracking for that, Fuego? Uh, if you vamp for a moment. I vamp, 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 vamp. <laughs> uh, so in the chat, uh, I wasn't a fan of New Halloween, says John Steele. They had a screening today for Child's Play in the UK, UK says Logan Chucky Fan 15. Okay, that's... So, so track tracking one fifty looks like is what they're saying right now, according according to Variety okay. the other day. All so right. well, was, it, it was like two two weeks ago. So yeah, this seems, honestly, one fifty seems like a perfectly legitimate target. I'd be surprised if it. How ridiculous is it that one fifty about five years ago is is a is a great big deal? Now it's just like meh. That's about the floor, I guess. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Avengers, and mm-hmm. you know Star Wars. It's like everything Disney with their like boy centric properties, you know, and that, that's the stuff that's mm-hmm. doing like Uber dollars right now. So. Yeah, do, do you think it's a bit of a dick move on Disney's part releasing Toy Story now with with Spider Man coming out in July? Because you know, as much as Spider Man is loaned to um, them or Sony, whatever, whatever way you want to look at it, it, it is only ten days away that that uh that spider-man release which you know they're, they're kind of chewing into each other with the toy story spider-man stuff well that's the problem with all the movies that disney releases now yeah. there's no way to not step on your own toes mm-hmm. <laughs> and i i mean i think they're they're under the impression there's only moderate overlap as far as the different dem, you know dems go and they're I, I mean they're like okay the very very young kids probably not old enough for the violence and something like Spider-Man, you know, the parents will continue taking them to toy story, you know, for a few extra times or, or whatever. And, you know, do you have the older boys and, you know, all of the, you know, eternally kids, you know, like, you know, my, my, myself and various others who will definitely go Mm -hmm. see Spidey. So, yeah, Yeah, it's, it's just interesting that it's becoming more and more prevalent that opening week is, is making so Mm -hmm. much like it's, it's where they're putting all their eggs um, it's just so strange. You look at something like 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 Dark Phoenix. That movie's going to be you're going to be able to buy that movie and, and whatever whatever the the limit is. I think it's 90 days. So I would assume Dark Phoenix would be out you know 90 days from release date because uh, you know they're pushing so hard for like they, they're like 
you know, going for broke on week one. And then because it, it, it is, it, you know, you have all these major releases and, and Disney's just mucking up the works with, with their monthly release. It, it it's, it's kind of, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's good or bad for the theater business, but it just looks funky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's your it's your main window of opportunity, obviously, is that first weekend. And so maybe that's why, you know, put as much forefront momentum there and, you know, something is going to yeah. be biting right at your ankles immediately a week later. And I mean, that's why it's so it's so interesting how horror specifically and certain comedies as well have that staying power, the word of mouth, the rewatchability when it comes to all of that. And I'd say the big, big tentpole superhero stuff, may, except for maybe a insane mm-hmm. event like Avengers Endgame obviously, but, uh, but most of the other stuff I'd say, I, I don't know if it has as much of that staying power. So. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Cause when I was looking at the, the toy story numbers, toy story two technically was in theaters until uh, it came out in November and it was out until July of the next year. So it, you know, it oh was, yeah, it was, it was down in the, like, you know, in the forties and fifties, but it still, ha- it was still in theaters and it was still making, you know, a couple dozen thousand. So it's, it's just so strange what, you know, the modern template is, is, you know, get as much as you can in that first week, hope for a, a decent second week. And, you know, by the time a month is over, you're, you know, <laughs> you, you're making plans for the next thing. It, it's, it's really, really crazy. Like, you remember Titanic, wasn't the, the original run for Titanic? That was nearly a year, wasn't it? And E.T., same thing? Yeah. Or- oh, E.T., way back now yeah, yeah I mean, well, let's I, go I, back I, to I, jaws I, at that rate and how long jaws was in theaters man that was the boss failed to quit <laughs> i'd say with animated though i since we get i mean obviously the disparity of live action films versus animated films especially in, in theaters with how much you know like dc and marvel home release animated superhero stuff and whatnot i just you know disney animated specifically it's it's always going to have that power to just kind of linger and just hang around because uh you know Disney is such a ridiculously household name, especially for their animation division, mm-hmm. and even more so for for Pixar. So, <laughs> just Disney's domination—it's like the main thing to be dis- discussing these days. How long till they literally own everything? They're going to buy Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network next, and you just everywhere you go, it's all going to be Disney. And I, I, it's a bad thing, but it's an interesting thing. And maybe the next boss of Disney won't be a bad guy. So, not that the current one is, but. I don't know. It's 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 a changing landscape. It's a little scary, if you're asking me. Why don't they buy Starbucks next, and then you can get your frozen your 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 frozen Chino for kids, decaffeinated, yeah, whatever. I mean, and uh, I, I mean, I could have <laughs> swore they had laws against monopolies in this country, but Disney, well, Disney's pretty close. There's there's what Universal yeah. and Warner, perhaps Sony, that are really their only major competition as far as major mm-hmm. studios are concerned. I think so. With Fox gone, I think that's yeah. Because uh, yeah. everything else is just a subsidiary. Oh, what, did we say Warner Brothers? Oh, you said you said Warner. Uh-huh. Yeah, Warner and oh, Paramount. Paramount's another one, I guess. So it's yeah. you know a quarter. Paramount. Yeah. Yeah, that R-rated Star Trek movie that's going to make <laughs> Paramount all kinds of Disney money. I have such I have such mixed feelings about the possibility of that, but then again, I haven't watched um, uh, the most most recent one on CBS. So I, I, I've heard they have veered into R-rated territory oh. with sex and racy language and all kinds of stuff so maybe they, if that's the direction they want to go in I, I, mm. whatever maybe tarantino could could fit in let's see how he fits a samurai sword in space well i mean hey man i would uh, if if tarantino's directing like a movie that's klingon heavy with batleth fights and stuff like that that's really super violent i could get down on that man but yeah 
Well, it, it, it was Kill Bill one or two that opens with a Klingon quote, a quote, right? I think it's two, but it is the two. I, you know, what I'm well, talking about the that? quote. I do, I do. Yeah, it's about the revenge uh, is a dish best served cold or whatever. It's a it's a quote from TNG. I want to say. So yeah, like a Klingon <laughs> proverb or something. Like that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. that's that, that's the world we live in, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I was a big Next Generation guy. Big Next Generation. Guy. Um, Anyway, anyway, are we all are we all seeing Toy Story this weekend? Are we seeing both? Are we watching one yeah, yeah. or the other? Goal is both. Uh, I guess I prioritize mm-hmm. Toy Story, but uh, the goal is both for me. It is one hundred percent both for me. Cecil and I were actually trying to swing a double feature that evening because they have this five o'clock fan event. It's like a fan early screening. It was twenty five bucks compared to the regular ten or whatever, and we're just like, man, if we can see it for a regular price the next day. You know, because I, I, I wanted to get an Infuegotainment review out, you know, as soon as possible for, for Toy Story 4. But no, we're going to prioritize Child's Play for the bigger <laughs> YouTube channel. And, you know, we're going to we're gonna go watch that. And we just got done reviewing every Child's Play movie in the last week. I rewatched all of them. And in, in some ways, I, I grew more of an appreciation for the first three films. But as I watched the, the latter ones, I just realized how much I'm not a big fan of the franchise it just reinstilled that i don't think they're they're particularly good movies by any means even the better ones are still not yeah i i would say higher floor Um, lower ceiling with with shots as opposed to other franchises mm -hmm. it's a lot more um contained it doesn't get too drastic with with the quality although you know if 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 you did a a full-on binge this new one can't be i mean if this new one sits in your you know, in your bottom half after stuff like cult and seed of Chucky, then they've messed up horribly because man <laughs> child's play has not been all that decent lately. So uh, to, again, not much to compete with. Um, so, so some news of the past week, uh, I touched on, on my channel. I don't know if it's, yes, if yes. it's that big a deal to, to report on, but the, uh, the Friday, the 13th lawsuit of, the the appeal was dropped by Sean Cunningham. Um, oh, yeah. What what that means is if the appeal main if it stays dropped, they're saying it's it's done for a technical reason. It's going to go right back up. But if it stays dropped, then you know they have their their money figured out, and uh, you know they, Victor Miller could could get in on the money making in the future. Which I I, I think it'll be an interesting weekend. If Child's Play makes some buku dollars, I think they're going to figure this Friday the 13th out quick. Yes. Yes, money is a big motivator. <laughs> I mean, if we have another mm-hmm. big, iconic, eight, well, 80s in its heyday franchise, you know, I mean, popularity thing going down, that's it. It's a, the, the the writing will be on the wall, you know, the, all those dollar signs, you know. Yeah, the- yeah. I, I, I remember when it got tied to the success of Rings, I remember thinking, man, that that's not the right franchise to, to gauge this thing on. Yeah, and Rings got dumped in January and it was awful. So <laughs> Rings is one of my favorite examples of just like a movie that got just butchered in editing. So you watch the trailer, then you watch Rings, and you're like, this is not the same movie. And you see the <laughs> ending of the movie in the trailer with the <gasps> and all that. Uh, I mean, I forgot about that. You're yeah, absolutely the right. End, well. end of the movie, like the last few minutes, they show in the trailer, and you're like. I, I was waiting to see it the entire movie. I'm like, when is this going to happen? Oh. But it, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. uh, Child's Play. Yeah, sorry. Again, <laughs> I mean, never mind Child's Play. Halloween is probably a closer franchise to gauge success on something like Friday the 13th. 
uh, you know, just put some effort into it. You don't have to put money into yeah. it. Just put effort into it. Uh, if I think it. Oh, how much effort did they really put into Halloween 2018? To be fair, <laughs> that's a fair point. But yeah. it made it made money, and that's all they're caring about. It did. Yeah. How many podcasts out there have four thousand dollars to pay someone just to do an interview? I, I, I have to. Good, good question. <laughs> I will contend the Carpenter really? reimagining of the soundtrack I thought was really dope, though. That I that I liked. Oh, yeah. I thought the soundtrack was the best part of that movie, actually. Yeah, there was a lot I liked in that movie. In all honesty, I, I not in a hurry to watch it again, but right, I really so, didn't like yeah, it. I think if if Child's Play does twenty or better, you're, you're going to see this Friday the Thirteenth thing get straightened out real quick. Um, staying on the, on the horror front, um, Jason Blum kind of came out of nowhere and told us that a movie is, is getting done and, and produced and, and will be out for, for speaking of Friday the 13th, it'll be out Friday, December 13th. And that's another black Christmas remake thoughts. Another one, (laughs) (laughs) another remake at this point. And I mean, maybe, maybe people, because it's often credited as the first slasher, right? Or or the first popularly released slasher. And so I don't know, Blumhouse seems like the proper home for something like this. And Mm -hmm. they're springing it on everybody. And uh, Imogen Poots, is that her name? Uh, The the actress who's going to be starring in it. I've dug her and most that I've seen her in. She's, she's nice on the eyes. So I don't know. It's uh, it's it's it, it, it's going to be of the Blumhouse model. I mean, being released at that time, it's I, I'm sure it'll do well, even if it's not that great of a film. So yeah, yeah. I I, I think I think uh, in the horror community, Black Christmas is held in a bit of a higher regard than mm-hmm. than a, a mainstream situation. Mid to late December is really cluttered. And this December, this December, they're wrapping something relatively large up. And yeah. it, I like granted, you know, Black Christmas isn't competing with a galaxy far, far away, but no. it is kind of strange for it to be released there. Agreed. Also, I am upset that we're getting another Black Christmas movie before we get a sequel to Krampus. <laughs> Come on, guys. Good call. Yeah. WTF. Well, apparently this Black Christmas is going to be a little more woke. Okay. Uh, with the story oh, you know, so yeah so, so in keeping in line with everything we've been talking about over these last few weeks of this show Happy 2019 everyone <laughs> yeah just some subtlety just you 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 need to do with a fine comb a fine brush and get pinpoint accuracy but instead of doing a fine brush you're dipping a sludge hammer into a can of paint swinging it at the canvas and it's they've been doing it for decades right. with final girls i mean i don't really understand why, why it has to be so so on the nose yeah. now but yeah also, I, I not to plug a much, much, much bigger YouTube channel than any of us, uh, but How It Should Have Ended came out with Endgame uh, this week, and they called out the, don't worry, Captain Marvel, we got you moment. And then Captain Marvel's like, oh, okay, that's nice. And then she literally just decimates the entire <laughs> army on her own. She's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go do the thing now. Bye. <laughs> you know, just to piggyback on that very, very quickly, I, I watched the, the Screen Junkies pitch meeting uh, for Endgame thing just the other night, and that was... The- insanely hilarious just the, the back and forth between exec and writer and i hadn't seen any of those until i was watching nostalgia critic with cecil yesterday and it's pretty funny pretty funny anyway i'll have to check that out i, I hadn't caught that one yet but i do like that stuff i'll check that out um so the last bit yeah. of news i have on the page unless you guys have something else is the the hunger games prequel is planned and it's on the back of a book uh-huh. that is not done yet so um interesting 
we know why it's not done yet, right? Because there's no battle royale prequel. So how can it, it just doesn't make any sense? Maybe they should remake like, the Running Man, the the Richard Bachman slash Stephen King survival, you know, of the killingest uh, death games type <laughs> film from the early '80s with Arnie, one man army. Current Arnie to be mm. to star in a remake of well, Running Man right now. I think that would they throw fun. like Batista or John Cena in there or something. I mean, mm. I guess that could be okay. Um, so apparently, it takes place 64 years before. Uh, the first Hunger Games, which I guess by my math, Linda would be what the the tenth. Oh annual? no, you're right. It would be the tenth because the second one, Catching Fire, is the seventy fifth, and the quarter quells are every twenty five years. So yeah, it would be the tenth. Yeah. So it, we're we're a little bit into you know there's there's been a couple of Hunger Games before that, so you would assume that mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's supposed to take place in in what a, a sort of future, a, a vague maybe future, maybe not. It's. I mean, it's still going to be the future, just 64 years sooner than the future that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, I guess the book or whatever will explain it, but why the 10th? Why not the first quarter quell? Why not the first Hunger Games? The Purge didn't go and make the, the 10th <laughs> Purge. It made the first mm-hmm. Purge because no one cares about the 10th. You know, they, if you can do the prequel, go full prequel and show how it started. Mm-hmm. I it's just such a weird idea and it just screams of she doesn't really know what to do with this when she doesn't have something to take from. And I know she has her story about how she was watching the news and watching reality TV. And that's what inspired her to write the hunger games. But when you watch battle Royale, especially battle Royale two, and you go and watch all the hunger games movies or read the books, it's very hard to not be suspicious. Uh, did you mean the Battle Royale as well, or Battle Royale, the sequel too? There, there, there is a Battle Royale too. Oh, yeah. oh, I, oh, I know, I know. It's, it's not quite as it's a little inferior to the to the first one. Oh. I, would, I would argue. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's still good. It's still I, I like it for what it is. And, and what's funny, if you if you think about. <laughs> So Battle Royale 2 is, it starts off as, you know, just a, a much more extreme version of Battle Royale, kind of like how Catching Fire is just a more extreme version of Hunger Games. And then the second mm-hmm. half of Battle Royale 2 is just a huge war, a revolutionary war. So it's mm-hmm. almost like the first half of Battle Royale 2 is Catching Fire, and the second half yeah. of Battle Royale 2 is Mockingjay. And then they mm-hmm. went turn that half of a story into a two stories when they split Mockingjay into two parts. Mm, you're connecting the proverbial dots here, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've spent way too much time of my adult life thinking about the Hunger Games and its connection to stuff, mm. so it's just kind of just coming out of me right now. I've been soaking up a lot of Japanese uh, horror lately, and all I could say about um, that that subgenre of film is they like to kill high school-aged people over there in oh, their yeah. Japanese horror movies. A lot, a lot of high schools getting decimated in, in the opening scenes of these movies. Yeah, and not just live action. We're talking manga. We're talking anime. <laughs> it is a cultural thing. And Suicide's big over there, too, with the kids. So, I mean, hey, man. I mean, as, a, as a resident YA guy. Um, Hello. <laughs> what, uh, are we... Are we getting another female lead? Does it matter? Is it is it more about the, the pro... Like, I would assume it would be another lady just because why not? That's what this franchise does. And just continue the tradition. Sure. I'd be down for that. Maybe. Oh my God. It's going to be Katniss's great, 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 great grandmother (laughs) or something like that. It's going to be like. What's her face from uh, catching fire who like her as her younger self. Maybe, maybe she wins it. Whatever the older. That would be interesting. Sure, it would. It would be a spoiler. You know, she oh, wins. I still, but I mean, that, that's actually an interesting thing you just touched on there because 
that because like she couldn't talk but i don't know okay so maybe i'd be down for that if it's her um but I, I again i'm just like so what are you gonna do it's gonna end with like them talking about one day we'll revolt against the capital and we'll overthrow them and there won't be any more hunger games and we'll just be like yeah you're right <laughs> yeah we'll get back in that message and like, what's the what's the Hunger Games equivalent of shooting first that they're going to take from an earlier thing? And then, you know, how are they going to solo this? What's the prequel mm. stuff? Is it going to be the first time they, they draw names out of a, a big, big bowl? Is it going to be the first time they say, like, may, may fortune guide you or whatever the line it is, is? It is true. May the odds be ever in your favor. Um, I don't know what that. Thank I don't you. know what you're talking about. Um, I was going to say, I've even heard that phrase used in <laughs> contemporary culture. And so, so, I mean, have you guys read, read the books for these at all? Or have you just, just done the film thing? Okay. Were you pretty satisfied with the adaptation? I mean, because obviously they're going to veer away a little bit. Did they soften the violence pretty significantly, you think? Or Oh, yeah. There, there, there was definitely some softening of the violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's like this a whole horror chapter in the third book that they com- they almost entirely gloss over in the, in the movie. It's there, but it's nowhere near quite as... I don't know, it just is, is intense, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, what was funny is I absolutely hated the third book. It was, I honestly consider it to be one of the worst books I've ever read. Nothing happens in that book, which is why it's so mind-boggling to me that they split it into two parts. It's like they took a book where nothing happens and they made even more nothing happen. But it was fine. Like, Catching Fire was the best book. It was the best movie. So, you know, I guess it was a pretty direct, pretty direct adaptation. Uh, I read them over when I was helping my mom move to Montana. Mm-hmm. Just a long road mm-hmm. trip. I just bought the first one and then made a stop bought the second one and we made another stop and bought the third one it's a quick read it's it's the kind of read that does kind of engage you and you keep going because stuff is constantly happening and it's interesting but even if it's not that i don't know well lots of people contend with these YA franchises that they peak like second third bookish and then they just kind of you know slowly just down downward of sorts i mean i still contend azkaban is the best both book and uh film for for potter and that was one of the things that, that started this whole YA craze, you know, of, of adaptations, so, which in, includes what Mortal Engines and, you know, so, yeah. so many of these others that they've tried and Twilights and all this other stuff. So yeah. the darkest minds from last year, the best movie of 2018. <laughs> so um, white, white Tim in the YouTube chat, uh, he's, uh, this is out to you, Fuego. I'm sure you made a video, but I haven't been on YouTube this weekend. What are your thoughts on Dr. Sleep using Kubrick, Mr. Yeah, I was going to actually mention this if you didn't mention the trailer, because there was two two big horror trailers that dropped. One was of no significance, and that was the teaser for Three from Hell, because it didn't show anything. And that's the highly anticipated Rob Zombie third entry in this in this Devil's Rejects, uh, you know, uh, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses. I, Rob, Rob Zombie is a very interesting filmmaker in my estimation because I, I, I contend Lords of Salem is his best film and nobody agrees with me about that one, but I felt like it was his best attempt at doing something very different and unique as opposed to either trying to mimic somebody else or in case of something like 31, mimic himself. You know, it was like Rob Zombie making a Rob Zombie movie for Rob Zombie fans instead of really. But so so that that teaser didn't really show as much of anything. But Dr. Sleep, on the other hand, despite being labeled as a teaser, it was like over two and a half minutes. And there is a lot of speculation about how was Mike Flanagan, the guy behind the Haunting of Hill House 10, 10 episode event series on Netflix. And then also stuff like Gerald's Game and hush and oculus and absentia i mean he he has a very impressive resume in my opinion he hasn't made a bad movie not not every project of his has been amazing but all his work has been really strong and so when i heard that he was initially 
now going to be adapting this, rewriting an Akiva Goldsman script, and that guy, he, he butchered the Dark Tower and various other beloved properties for me. But um, when, when I heard Flanagan was retrofitting everything, but the tough task he had was how do you bridge adapting a sequel to a novel that, you know, doesn't have the same context as the Kubrick film because Kubrick's film made a lot of changes from what happens with the Overlook at the end to the nature of certain characters. And so how do you just find a healthy medium between the two, which from what I've read and what I saw in the trailer seems to be kind of what they're doing. Like they're showing some of the iconic imagery, mm-hmm. like the blood coming out of the elevators and, you know, stuff right. like that, which was unique only to they're, the they're, film. But they're yeah. jumping on a lot of the visuals mm-hmm. but, but you, from the 1980 film. So it, it's kind of like, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. At least I would think, I mean, they're, is it a sequel to the film or is it the the, the mm-hmm. adaptation of the novel? So Yeah, and they're saying it's an adaptation of it, and that's what they're trying to do, Lindsay, is they're they're trying to make it both. So but the the, the one thing they haven't divulged is spoilers, you know, just for, for everybody. At at the end of the shining the book, you know, the and as you see in the miniseries with the guy from Wings, the hotel is mm-hmm. the hotel is blown up and destroyed, and there's nothing left. Whereas at the end of the Kubrick film you know, Jack is just frozen and, you know, left out there and the, and the hotel still stands. So that's the one thing, because in, in Stephen King's book, uh, there is no more hotel. It's like campgrounds there where the Overlook used to be. And it does factor into the finale. So I, I, I think they can, t- I mean, maybe the Overlook gets blown up or, you know, destroyed or torn down or something at some other time. And maybe, or, or will, will it still stand if they do, keep the overlook standing i will be very surprised but that's the one thing they haven't given confirmation one way or the other about just yet but i think you can have your cake and eat it too i think you can show some of those visuals that were so iconic from kubrick's film and yet still you know tell your own story so Hmm. fuego um so for those of us us me who don't know what exactly is Doctor Sleep focusing on? Is it focusing on a on, a, on an adult Danny? What, what, yeah. What are you... yeah, it's an adult Danny, and in the trailer we okay. see him as we as he is a little bit later in the book because the the, the trailer shows him having like a little bit of like you know psychic telekinetic talk with this young girl named Abby Stone that he makes a connection with, and so she's she writes things on the wall that he sees manifest in his room. And so they, they eventually find each other and, you know, without, without spoiling stuff. But when we first meet Danny at the beginning of the novel, he is kind of in the same, same situation as his father, as far as struggling with drinking and addictions and and things like that. So the apple not falling very far, I'm assuming we're going to see this um, early in the film. And then, you know, his, his character, you know, makes some, some leaps and bounds and gets his life together. And that's about the time he meets this girl. And uh, she also has the shine. And then, they introduce as the main antagonist this group called the True Knot, who you see in in the trailer, and they're basically a bunch of psychic vampires who feed on people with the shine. So that's what they do. And and, and Re- Rebecca Ferguson looks terrific as Rose the Hat, the lead villain from the book. She looks super creepy. Um, you've got Snakebite Annie, who is this girl you see in the trailer walking out of the movie theater. She's kind of re- recruited and still because they still change, you know, other people into these vampire kind of things. And I, I honestly, it's not a popular opinion, but I personally okay. prefer Dr. Sleep to The Shining as far as the novels go. And uh, I, I'm so, so stoked for this adaptation, especially with, with Flanagan doing it. I have the utmost faith in him. Cool. 
Um, so are there any other bits of news that perhaps we haven't touched on? I mean, uh, the, the confirmation of the R rating today for the Joker, I thought was, you know, while, while maybe a blip for some, just getting that confirmation that Todd Phillips is just going to go balls out and make this. I, it's an R-rated DC movie released theatrically. They've done some some, right. some R-rated animated fare, like the like the most recent Suicide Squad film I, I know is R-rated, and I think the Dark right, yeah. the Dark Knight Returns had an had an animated vibe to it, as did the, the Killing Joke. But yeah, I, I mean, live action R-rated, just going for it. They're saying the uh, the, mm. the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey or you know Gotham City Sirens, whatever the heck it is, the the, the next Harley Quinn centric film is also going to be R-rated. So. This is DC just kind of showing that they will do what Marvel is unwilling to do and follow the the Fox prototype of just letting letting your character just go for it and you know tell a self-contained tale that doesn't tie in with everything else and I'm I don't know about you guys but I'm really excited for that uh you know, just seeing Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker I didn't think I was going to be that excited till I saw the first trailer and now with the R-rated confirmation I'm just like okay count me in man has has Todd Phillips done something not R? I think everything he's oh, yeah. done has been R-rated, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I believe you're correct on that, actually. Yeah, I've honestly loved him since Road Trip, man. Everybody points to old school, but I, I have a soft spot for Road Trip, man. <laughs> My favorite of his is Due Date, for some bizarre reason. I quite have a good time with, Robert with Due Downey Date. And, uh, starts with a gallop and ends with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah the, the one thing that kind of uh, for for no fault of his uh the scene where he's in i think it's a bus or a train and he's just laughing sitting against a, a seat i can't help but think of heath ledger yeah. in the, the the jail so you know it's going to be hard for for me to not think of heath ledger but um, I think people are trying to Jared get Jared Leto, Leto the taste of Jared yeah. Leto out of their mouth. Right. So. Yeah. I did yeah, find so. a PG-13 uh, Todd Phillips movie, BT Dub. Uh, Go ahead. Starsky and Hutch. Oh, oh he did do that. Yeah, yeah with Snoop, Snoop Dogg as Sugar Bear or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I completely mm. forgot that was uh, his movie as well. So, But ha, I found it. Doo, doo, doo. See, this is yeah. only foray in the PG-13, though, because everything else from old school to his recent War Dogs, where he tested like a little bit of doing action and stuff, which like, I'm sure helped him get the Joker you know, role, was, was, was War Dogs. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually liked War Dogs a lot. I, didn't, I, I thought it would be too reminiscent of what was it, Lord of War, but I liked War Dogs. Yeah, uh, DC can't beat Marvel at their own game. Why not, you know, take them on in a in a different light? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's the clever way to do it. Don't don't be the guy who's copying the trends. Be the trendsetter. It's like um, Marty Trash Picture Show in the YouTube super chat five dollars. Thank you. Excuse me, that's five euros. I think. Um, What's the conversion rate? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 more than a dollar. I know that much. Uh, your thoughts on James Gunn doing the Suicide Squad reboot? What do you do? You think it's a good idea or a bad idea? I hope it's R-rated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the original Suicide Squad wanted to be a James Gunn movie, so why not give the sequel to James Gunn? Like, sure, just do it. I'm down. It's James Gunn. I, 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 I'm not as in love with Guardians as a lot of people are, but they're good and they're fun, and I like his other stuff. So yeah, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Interesting because, you know, they managed to scoop him up during this this little hiatus that he and Marvel had when, when he you know, people read his tweets from twenty five years ago. Um, <laughs> so he might he 
before Twitter, that's impressive. Go James Gunn. Yeah. Talk about digging deep, man. There, there was what, some some vindictive right wing people were like trying to dig up some skeletons or something. Yeah, no, nobody. They, they were explicitly looking for stuff to smear yeah. him with. It's, if yeah. if you try to find somebody who's never said anything wrong, you're going to have a, a really small group of people left because we've all yeah. messed up. Um, yeah, I, I think. I said small. I didn't say nobody. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it's. I think it's good. Uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if it does well, and if uh, Marvel will do this little protective. I don't know. Sign him for a couple of movies just for the sake of, you know, you don't want him to run away and and beat you. Like they, they that he's official for Guardians Three, right? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, they, that, that is happening again. They finally worked it out, re- redemption. Mm-hmm. But I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, in all seriousness, I'm really curious if they're going to let Gunn go R-rated because I've been a fan of his since his Dawn of the Dead remake script that he wrote for uh, Zack Snyder. I think that's a very he clever script. He wrote that script. That was one of his first big budget uh, things. And I, I love the Dawn of the Dead remake. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And I like Slither mm-hmm. and... I even like Belko, you know, which he didn't direct, but he wrote the script for. So, I mean, when Belko when, very desperately wanted to be a James Gunn movie, it was good. I loved it, but like you could feel the James Gunniness in it. Like it was, it well, was very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, written by him. So, so when he, yeah. to, to, when he's unfiltered, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. While I love the first Guardians, the the joke was kind of wearing off on me by the second one a little bit, and I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the original. So I, I I hope DC allows him to continue this R-rated trend that we're seeing with the Harley Quinn property and with the Joker property. Just let him, because they, they're saying it's a soft reboot, right? So it's going to be, I mean, maybe Harley's going to be in it, but it's going to be a bunch of other different characters like the like the shark and, and you know, all the, I mean, lots of uh, B and C level characters that my much more deep dive comic friends have told me are not very well known and. Why? Why the hell not? I mean, he, he he was able to do it with with Guardians, right? Where he you know had everybody that uh, nobody yeah. knew about becoming these big stars. So, I agree with you on that because Guardians was like a nothing thing and hadn't been for decades before mm-hmm. James Gunn came along. But the original Suicide Squad was also kind of a cast of who are these guys? I mean, Slipknot, the yeah. Witch, Captain Boomerang. <laughs> like I hadn't heard. Of, I, I'm a DC fan of like the like. But I never heard of these guys before. You could say the same thing for Guardians, though. Like it's oh, it's yeah. it's very similar. Oh, yeah, look, uh-huh. there's a talking raccoon, and 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 Wood seems to be speaking too. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, Wood it, seems to be speaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's. I just hope the story is contained. Just don't be too yeah. ambitious. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be end of the world scenario. Just. Uh, also, jokes eventually aren't funny anymore. That was my biggest problem with yeah. Guardians too. How? Oh, that's a funny joke. Yeah. Oh, they did it. Again. That's less funny, but it's still funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're still doing it. Okay, I'm not laughing anymore. Why is the scene still going? End the joke. Yeah, <laughs> he might be able to flex though a little bit. Maybe you know because he seems to be a little bit more comfortable with that you know off color humor. Oh, of course, and, yeah. You know, why not? Deadpool's proven that you could you could be R rated funny and still make money. So and he does have to be in at least a decent negotiating position with Disney because he mm-hmm. had a pretty high producer credit for Endgame. I think he was like the third listed producer or something like all, that. I could, I could uh, be wrong about that. In, in, the, but uh, it, it, in the paperwork too, that, that could have been something yeah. that was going to happen regardless. Uh, yeah. Sure. yeah, I was just in some ways surprised to even see his name up there because that was after he had already been confirmed to be back or maybe it was still, still rumored that he was in discussions and they were trying to work everything out. But yeah, uh, well, he's, he's back in the fold, That which makes me assume this is a one and done with DC. 
uh, I've heard, I had rumors from multiple sources telling me that he was officially back long before he was officially back. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? We had it here for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got, we got, we got the show business insights and I got my Lindsay connects. (laughs) We we got a Disney backdoor uh, here at show business and. I have a side oh, window. Nice. What does that mean? That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So apparently, Deadshot is has been cast. Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Already. Nope. He is not. He is he not was, Deadshot. That's who they, they originally know. thought he was going to be, and then they reverted on that, right? Exactly. Oh, but he's in the film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is confirmed. Hmm. Interesting. And then is it Viola Davis? Is that the actress who was in the? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, I I had heard she was confirmed to be returning, but perhaps that was just not a confirmed or it was a, it was a source report or whatever, you know, because we get so many of those. But I right. thought she was solid in it, and yeah. and, I, and of course Michael Rooker will be in there somewhere because he's in every everything James Gunn does. So my favorite part of uh, *Brightburn* when he yeah. just at the end is the newscaster. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we have any other news for the day? Uh... Nothing super major. Yeah, nothing super major. I mean, we got our first look at uh, West Side Story that uh, that Steven Spielberg is doing that comes out, I believe, next Christmas. But uh, it was just some set photos. It wasn't even like a like like a trailer or anything of that nature. But I'm not. I'm curious. Spielberg, his first musical. You know what that could what that could entail, and you know how high quality. Oh my God, he hasn't. Sure, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, never done one. So whoa, you just blew my. Oh my God, that's so weird. It's a bad time. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, it'd be interesting just to, to see because you know he's he's kind of you know I, I don't want to call ready player one his because with a lot of a lot of cgi I, i'd like to no. i'd like to see steven spielberg be a little more fun again mm-hmm. it's been a while yeah i didn't have fun with that i didn't have fun with the bfg and all of the yeah. all of his, his dramatic stuff has been better right. like you know bridge of spies and all that you know but it's not fun movies that's for sure no, I, I loved the, the the newspaper movie he did, but the BFG was painful. Yeah, I was really excited about that being Raul Dahl and everything. I was like, yeah. oh, this, this could be great, but it was just painfully bad, and I don't think the CGI looked very good. There was another movie called A Monster Calls, I, I want to say, that came out like around the same time that I thought was leaps and bounds superior. So, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely agreed on that. Yeah. Do you think they might get a little um, political with it? Sure, why the hell not? <laughs> Everyone <laughs> seems to want to be lately. <laughs> if, if anybody could avoid it, it'd be Spielberg, right? right. Like, yeah. you think about the subject matter, perhaps they sprinkle in some... Oh my uh, God, what if it's Republican falling in love with a Democrat, and it's like the the two sides... Oh no, I know it's West, it's West Side Story. Red State, well, I mean, I guess it could be the West Coast Red versus State East Story. Coast. East Coast is more... <laughs> well, ah, whatever. We don't, we don't um, yeah. Oh God. Uh, state story <laughs> well, and then Wait, and then supposedly he's going right to indy 5 after this god mm, help us all to produce please not not direct yeah, yeah. that's the rumor uh, okay all right cool cool steven well supposedly direct but uh, what can you do there's there's three indiana jones movies there's only three i still have i've, I've not seen the other one i still have it uh you're 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 missing out on uh, some some laughter you can find out what nuke in the fridge means, Lindsay. Wait, that, that's when you put a nuke in the fridge and the, oh, the nuke explodes and the fridge like cartoonishly goes like poof, but then it comes yeah, lo- back to Norton. That's like that's like real Looney physics, Tunes right? status right there. Uh, Fuego, what do you got coming up on your various networks there? 
Uh, well, uh, oh boy, besides the Toy Story 4 review coming this weekend, I posted reviews of Secret Life of Pets 2 and Shaft over the course of this past weekend. Uh, I actually urge people to go out and see, see Shaft. That was fun. Catch a matinee. I don't know if you should pay full full price at night or anything, but it was a fun theater experience. I was the only uh, gringo in, in the theater, <laughs> mind you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I, I had a blast with it. And then I have... Uh, Boy, some Star Wars comic stuff coming this week, and uh, we're we're gearing up for the Mad Monster Party. So if anybody is in the Phoenix area, the final weekend of June, which is not this upcoming weekend, but the following, we are going to be in the Fountain Hills area, the horror show, mind you, with a with a booth, and we're going to be doing the you know press and artist interviews and all, all kinds of fun stuff there. So if you like spectacular conventions, the the Phoenix area final. Friday through Sunday of, uh, of June. So we're, we're stoked for that, gearing up, getting all our ducks oh, in a row. So. Awesome. That is in Fuegotainment as well as the horror show, both on YouTube. Yes, right. Lenzo. Hello, Agent L. I'm Excuse Agent me. L. Okay, but uh, <laughs> Agent L, uh, there, there have been a few times where I've said I've got a thing coming and then that doesn't come, so I don't want to say anything and then have something not come, but I might have something interesting with that I've been working on with a buddy. <laughs> so I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't want to say what it is, then have everyone hate me and not ask for it. You know, I'm, I might have something coming up. That was misleading and vague at the same time. All right, so so prediction for the weekend as Toy Story Four comes out, as does Child's Play. Um, I'm assuming you all think Toy Story number one, but do you think Child's Play? Nope, Godzilla. <laughs> comes back from nowhere. Um, Actually, I heard that Cody and Cecil think Child's Play is winning the weekend box office. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, really? I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think Child's Play finishes ahead of Men in Black and Secret Life of Pets Absolutely. Too? Absolutely. It'll be in yeah, second yeah. place. It's going to be second. Yeah. It's going to, I mean, if we're going to say numbers for both, I'll, I'll say Child's Play, let's say 42. Yeah. Well, if I, we get 42, book that ticket for Friday the 13th, 2020, because that, yo, yo. Yeah, you know, I'll say 150 and 35. Yeah, Child's Play in second place at 35. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be the conservative one and say 150 and 25? <laughs> no. I, I would expect me to be the, the, the ridiculous one, but I guess not, huh? All right, so um, that does it for this episode of Show Business. We will see you in approximately Woo. seven days. Woo! For Lindsay and Fuego, I've been CP. Have a day. Do it. Your day. We're in the money. Oh, I'm on the honey. Let's let it, let it, let it.